The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. And hey, a special shout out to my friend, Yoshiko Dart, who is a national disability leader and will be helping lead the way as we celebrate the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. We have great leaders all across America. But you know what? We have great leaders right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I have a friend who is a national leader. She is just an awesome person, really carrying the torch for people with disabilities. She is the president and CEO of Achieva. Welcome, Marsha Blanco. Joyce, how nice to be with you and your audience. Um, you know, Joyce, always builds up those, uh, everyone around her. Uh, she's so kind to others, but she's also modest herself. And Joyce, I just wanted to begin today's show by letting your audience know that once again, Joyce Bender is going to be honored in a very, very special way here in Pittsburgh by the Volunteers of America of Pennsylvania. And that's also going to be a kickoff celebration uh, for us here in western Pennsylvania for the 25th anniversary of uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act. So uh, I wanted to start, Joyce, by saying congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marsha. Well, let's start with you, Marsha Blanco. How did you first become involved in the disability community? Well, Joyce, I've actually been involved with the disability community uh, since since birth. I grew up in very, very rural Pennsylvania, uh, Clearfield County, and most of my family on both sides, my parents' families, uh, sort of all lived together in a very tiny town. Uh, I had a grandmother with mental illness who was uh, institutionalized um, as a middle-aged woman um, at Warren State Hospital, and so from, from birth, my family would pack things up after church on Sunday and make a pretty long drive to visit my grandmother at Warren State Hospital. Uh, she, she was blind uh, as well as having uh, mental health issues. And um, I regularly visited her um, literally from birth. Uh, we also in our family had um, an aunt with uh, intellectual disabilities, actually due to brain de- uh, injury. And she was just one of, from childhood, one of the favorite people in my world. I uh, used to love to spend rainy days with her uh, going through her closet. She collected what she called God pictures. And so uh, she had thousands of, of cards with photographs of uh, Jesus. And, and um, we would just go through them on a rainy day 
and, and have the time of our lives together. So I've really been at this uh, uh, since birth. I uh, knew what I wanted to do professionally at a pretty early age. And uh, my first job coming out of college was directing a preschool in Elk County, Pennsylvania. Again, very rural county. And I've got to say, I, I just fell in love with the field, knew that this was what I wanted to do with my professional career. Wow. Isn't it amazing how when it's personal that it even adds more passion to the whole field? Isn't that right? I, I think it does, as you and, of course, a lot of your listeners know. When, uh, when you've got it in, in your heart, um, particularly if it's from a younger age, I think that that passion just uh, continues throughout your life and your career. Yeah. Yes, it does. Well, hey, Marsha, I have a question for you. Um, how amazing is it that so many people were put in institutions? Isn't that horrible? Like that example you gave. Joyce, this was, uh, again, very early in my career. Um, among the things that, that I did, initially working uh, for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, um, I helped to depopulate what was Pennsylvania's largest institution. At one point, uh, well over 4,000 people living at Polk State Center. And I still remember, Joyce, uh, the first time that I visited there, uh, seeing individuals in wards, just bed after bed after bed, um, people doing uh, self-stimulatory behavior, um, certainly not enough uh, staff people to assist people with uh, education or learning uh, daily living skills. I, I was just appalled. I was, I was simply appalled. Um, and, of course, a, a group of activists and advocates uh, from here at Achieva, uh, you know some of them, Jenny Thornburg, Jean Isherwood, uh, um, had exposed the conditions there. And uh, the governor of Pennsylvania uh, intervened, fired the superintendent, and said, we're bringing these people into community supports. So we were bringing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of individuals uh, back to southwestern Pennsylvania in a uh, short period of time. And, and I'm pleased to say I still visit with some of those individuals, and they've led a very, very, very good life, uh, particularly as compared to the life that they were living at Polk. Isn't that wonderful? You know, when you talk about that, um, just yesterday, Secretary Tom Perez, the Secretary of Labor, right. spoke at the National Disability Rights Network uh, conference and talked about Olmstead. And he yes. said, it's not where you live, it's how you live. And uh, I, go ahead. I couldn't agree more with Tom. And Joyce, I mean, that was a highlight for me. I've been to quite a number of arguments um, on disabilities-related issues uh, before the Supreme Court of the United States. And I was there for the Olmstead um, argument, uh, sat with, with Dick Thornburg, in fact. Um, wow. And... On the edge, you know, such a short period of time for the attorneys to make their case in front of uh, the justices, but uh, uh, we, yeah, we, we prevailed. And this now, Olmstead, I know they had one of uh, those women at the White House this past year, Timmy President Obama. 
So, you know, that was and is an unbelievable thing. Of course, we have to keep marching forward. And by the way, speaking of uh, Tom Perez, stay tuned, everyone. He's going to be on the show uh, either at the end of this month or in May, of course, depending on his schedule. So stay tuned for that show. That will be really great. Well, so, you know Marcia. I'm going to be listening, Joyce. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> I know you will. Now, Marsha, you are the president and CEO of Achieva, and as I mentioned before, you know, everyone, two things about me. Well, three. You know I'm living with epilepsy. You know I'm headquartered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you know I'm obsessed with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So here we are. (laughs) I always try to have, you know, every month an organization right here in my hometown on the show, and the headquarters for Achieva is in Pittsburgh. So how about telling our listeners about Achieva and, you know, how it was started? I will in one moment, but knowing the Pirates fan that you are, Joyce, I do have to tell you at the, an auction that we just had uh, to help to raise funds uh, for Achieva on Saturday, uh, Clint Hurdle, uh, we were able to auction off um, for four individuals to meet with Clint down in the batting cage pregame to go to his office um, uh, before the game as he signs off on the roster and to have that whole pregame experience with uh, Clint Hurdle. Is that fun? Oh, that is awesome. You know what? <laughs> He is such an awesome, you know, just a wonderful person and very committed to the disability community, uh, being that his daughter has a disability. So he is just an awesome, awesome person. Yeah, I just think the world of him. Well, that's great. Well, Marsha, how about telling everyone about Achieva? Oh, gladly, gladly. Achieva is uh, the largest uh, organization in southwestern Pennsylvania that provides a full range of supports for people with disabilities, literally from shortly after birth and uh, following uh, nearly every support that an individual might need uh, throughout their, their lifetime into latter adulthood. Uh, each year we do uh, provide support for um, well over 13,000 individuals and their families uh, throughout western Pennsylvania. Uh, we have an operating budget of over $50 million each year, um, and we operate from about 110 uh, locations. Um, our founding members did that, Joyce, unlike some disabilities organizations that might have one larger facility for a certain type, let's say vocational training um, or early intervention, um, from the founding um, nearly 60 years ago, Achieve as Volunteers uh, and directors chose to have things situated uh, throughout local communities to be convenient to individuals and, of course, to continue to have that, that real uh, community uh, support. Uh, we do offer, again, the breadth of services, uh, everything from early intervention um, for little ones uh, born with either uh, a, a delay or a known uh, disability, uh, we provide a great, great deal of respite and home care for family members and those uh, for individuals of many different types of disabilities and uh, of all ages. Uh, we're especially proud having, uh, we are a chapter of the Ark of the United States, um, and of course the Ark of the United States 
was the organization that uh, pushed uh, through litigation, eventually through statute, uh, the Right to Education for All Handicapped Children's Act, um, which is now, of course, special education. So we have always had educational advocates available uh, to just assist families through that process of the individual uh, educational program to get the very, very best that we can out of the education system. And we do a lot of uh, systemic and individual advocacy work also for um, adults. We do have um, a a large residential program. These are all, when I say large, it's a big program, but on all uh, apartments, um, two and three individuals living together in uh, homes, and these are for individuals who want to experience that greater independence, but uh, who may need, in in many cases, um, even uh, 24-hour support. Uh, due to the complexity of their disabilities. And we have a large uh, employment uh, part of the organization. Um, We have um, just over um, 360, I believe, individuals in real jobs in the real world for real money. And that was an increase last year of 20%. Uh, So we placed... Uh, or helped to place over 70 individuals just last year in, in jobs in the community. Wow, that is wonderful. That, and that is not easy. I know that very well. And, and it is more, the more significant the disability, the harder it is. It, there's no doubt about that. And I know you've told me, Marcia, uh, there is history with a lot of this right here in Pittsburgh, correct? Uh, yes. Yes, you mean in employment uh, people with no? I mean the work we've done. Well, look at you. (laughs) No, I mean mean internationally, and we've all learned so much from you. Oh, thank you. A lot of the ways that we are now uh, finding employment for individuals is based on some of the model that you have introduced nationally and, and internationally. That is to partner with organizations um... that we know provide a lot of employment and then working with the employer to help them to understand how to adapt jobs and job functions uh, so that an individual, even with uh, an intellectual disability, uh, perhaps uh, multiple challenges, uh, can make it in that job. And we do. We guarantee every employer that we here at Achieva will be there as long as it takes with whatever it takes in terms of support for that individual uh, so that they can be successful in their job. That is awesome. I think that is awesome. And, you know, I just want everyone to know that that's possible to find employment for people with intellectual disabilities. I mean, that is really, no wonder you're called Achieva. That is a great achievement. (laughs) You know, Marsha, even though in the area of DDI and special education, um, don't we have a lot that started right here in Pennsylvania? Oh, we certainly did. I mean, Pennsylvania, for instance, had the right to education uh, well over a year before any other state and before Congress acted. Uh, that's because we're pretty aggressive with our advocacy. Uh, in this case, it took uh, a lawsuit. And um, we prevailed on that lawsuit uh, specifically for Pennsylvania and actually had the right to add uh, prior to anyone else in Pencil- or in the United States. Um, family support, a great deal of family support activities as we know them today were uh, initiated here in Pennsylvania and in southwestern uh, 
Pennsylvania. Uh, so there's just been a great, uh, certainly deinstitutionalization, a great, great deal of leadership. And I think it has something to do with the people living here, Joyce. Um, you know me pretty well. I know you pretty well. Um, we're not people who take no very easily. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That is how we are, Marcia. That is right. We have the fire going on. No question about it. But I, I, I want to tell you, a lot of my listeners have asked me, you know, over time or when they've called in here, um, what you attribute to a not-for-profit being uh, successful and Achieva is certainly one of those. You know, what would be your answer to my listeners about that? Well, it would probably be, be threefold. And number one, I give all of the credit in the world to our boards of trustees. Uh, these are uh, some 90 individuals sit on uh, our boards. They're multiple boards. Um, over 70% of them are people with disabilities or family members of per- persons with disabilities. And uh, they just provide... Um, a window into what the future would look like. And for younger family members, it's, it's different even for our older family members. Uh, the things that they see for their sons and daughters are, you know, totally uh, inclusive in the community, uh, dreams for their sons and daughters that we wouldn't have had uh, even 15 years ago. Uh, we certainly have an extremely strong management team. I was once told by a trustee, Joyce, that uh, I had but one great talent. Um, and uh, this was a professor at the University of Pittsburgh, and he very professorially said to me, you hire extraordinary individuals and you help them to love the mission of Achieva. And, you know, I, I think I was probably offended that evening when he first said that, but I've reflected on that. Uh, we just, uh, we're a talent machine in terms of uh, management um, and, and uh, visioning uh, what the future could look like and then working together as, as, uh, as a team. And we also, I'd say number three, we hire many, many, many individuals with disabilities themselves and their family members. And that's the compass for the organization. Um, that keeps us on track with where we want to be, where we want to continue to make progress, and to make sure that we never slip backwards. Oh, and I just, I think that is so awesome. But I have to add, having a great leader at the top is a key to success, which you are. Um, and so let's not leave that very important fact out. And, you know, before we, take, before we take any breaks, Marsha, if someone is listening to the show and they would like to make a contribution to Achieva, because we all know that when you're, you know, I'm a for-profit company, but I know very well that with not-for-profits, it really is similar. I don't know why people don't understand you need to bring in resources, you know, to continue on. So if someone wants to make a contribution, how do they do that? Oh, thanks, Joyce. It's simple. It's uh, info, And... Uh, uh, right on our uh, front page of the website, uh, there is a, a button uh, that one can can hit on, uh, you know, donate. So uh, we make it simple. Well, you know, I have so many people that tell me, well, they're a not-for-profit. Yeah, they're not-for-profit. Not-for-profits have to hire people and really 
to have any programs, they have to move forward, which does remind me when you were talking, you know, about partnering with companies, um, the CEO of PNC, how awesome he has been, Bill Demchuk. <laughs> so do you want to if, talk if about that for a moment? Break. Because, you know, I know how much he's done for Achieva and, yeah. and for the disability community, you know, across the board. Yes, and if you if you uh, are about to take a break, I I would love to follow up on that, Joyce. Okay, well let's do that then. We're going to go to break right now because we don't want to cut off the great story about Bill Demchek, CEO of PNC. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters on Voice America. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Marsha. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. And remember, remember, all year right through July 26th, we are talking about the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And we'll be doing a lot right here in Pittsburgh. And one example of that is our guest today, Marsha Blanco, President and CEO of Achieva. And you know, while 
right before we went to break and during break. We were talking about this great man, Bill Demchek, CEO of PNC, uh, across, of course, um, you know, wow, they're so big today, even right here in Washington, D.C. But, Marsha, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about Bill because he really has done so much with Achieva. Um, and Bill has done so much for the disabilities community at, at large. Uh, what can I say? Here's a man who just exudes leadership and, of course, given his position, can bring other people of influence uh, really throughout uh, much of the country uh, to the table in terms of uh, the employment of people with disabilities, the acceptance of people with disabilities. Uh, Bill uh, Demchak himself has, uh, grew up with a brother, with disabilities, uh, Brian Demchak. And Brian has been in our uh, supports here at Achieva for uh, well over 30 years. Uh, Bill not only uh, brought together, Joyce, how many, couple thousand individuals um, just last fall, uh, and these were corporate leaders, uh, brought them together to discuss the importance of the employment of people with disabilities. And we got many leads uh, following that, that summit that uh, PNC and, and Bill uh, helped to organize. Uh, locally for Achieva, uh, Bill Demchak recently chaired a uh, two-and-a-half-year uh, campaign um, with Achieva being the beneficiary. We were shooting very high for $8 million, and under Bill's leadership, along with uh, co-chairs, honorary chairs, uh, Dick and Jenny Thornburg, um, achieved $8.8 million toward uh, innovation. And uh, those four projects included uh, greening our facilities. We want to be uh, good neighbors um, to everybody in the community by decreasing um, our, our footprint of uh, uh, use of utilities. Um, we uh, are, are going to uh, and have just launched um, an expansion activity and marketing of the Chief of Family Trust, uh, which maybe we'll have a moment to speak about uh, further, Joyce. Um, we did expand our pallet manufacturing business. Uh, Achieva, believe it or not, runs one of the largest pallet manufacturing businesses in the tri-state area, and that business employs people with disabilities and people without disabilities, shoulder-to-shoulder, uh, shoulder, a couple of shifts, and uh, we had the opportunity uh, to expand that through this particular campaign. Uh, and waiting lists are still a problem for your viewers um, throughout the country, and I know in parts of Europe, I mean, waiting lists are uh, still a big issue. And uh, so we, we founded and are working on something called a home of my own, uh, which is really a prob- public and private partnership through which we can bring some Medicaid funds, some uh, different types of funding to the table where families and individuals are able to bring some things uh, to the table so that uh, individuals with more significant disabilities don't have to wait until their parents die before they can get the opportunity uh, to have some uh, support to live in an apartment or a home of their own. Right, right. Well, you know what? Um, Wow, that is so awesome. I mean, he has. He really helped Disability Mentoring Day take off. Um, He just did so much. And that summit you're talking about 
was truthfully unbelievable. Um, and I'm not surprised what he's done with Achieva. Hey, you mentioned the family trust. Let's talk about that. Oh, this was uh, an undertaking. It's probably now about 15 years of age. And uh, many of your listeners understand a, a basic problem, that Medicaid, since 1965, since uh, the statute was enacted, um, has always had a provision um, stating that essentially an individual has to live a life of impoverishment, i.e. have uh, around no greater than $2,000 in personal assets, in order to qualify for Medicaid long-term supports. And those are the very supports, for instance, for a person with uh, uh, physical or sensory challenges uh, might need that individual uh, to come into the home in the morning to uh, assist uh, in, in getting ready in order to get off uh, to work, uh, assist, for instance, with transportation. But... For all of these years, uh, Medicaid required that you have no greater than $2,000 in assets in order to qualify for that personal assistance uh, that an individual might need. Um, Congress changed all of that in the mid-1990s and said that if a not-for-profit organization, it can only be a not-for-profit organization, wished to create a pooled trust for individuals with disabilities... Um, that funds that would be placed into such a trust um, would not count as an asset that would otherwise disqualify the individual for Medicaid services. So it was one. It is one of the few ways uh, now since the ABLE Act that's going to change some things. But uh, one of the few ways that a person with uh, disabilities could maintain uh, their eligibility for important government benefits while simultaneously um, having a little more than $2,000 in in assets. Um, This just grew uh, dramatically. We have individuals from, I believe, it's six or seven states uh, participating as beneficiaries. Um, We are managing over $90 million for over 2,000 beneficiaries. And I'm less concerned about what amount we are managing and what amount we are, uh, upon their request, uh, able to invest in the lives of, of individuals with disabilities. We've been able to build homes for individuals uh, to their specifications. Um, we do a lot of automobile adaptations. Uh, for some individuals, we do have a very, very broad <clears throat> group of, of individuals participating as beneficiaries. Um, uh, sometimes for folks with mental health concerns, the uh, most important thing is placing some funds in that trust to make sure that the individual's rent is being paid on time, that utilities are not being cut off. So uh, we have individuals who the family, um, most important thing was that their adult son who is living here uh, in southwestern Pennsylvania Uh, can visit with a companion, um, excuse me, his sister living in California uh, once a year. So, I mean, each individual and family decide how they would like their personal funds uh, to be used. And we have a whole team of attorneys and social workers then who uh, fulfill those wishes for the family. Oh, that is so great. And I'm sure this is important to parents. Um. Unbelievably, Joyce, you, you've been 
uh, around the horn as I have been for uh, for some time, uh, particularly for the parent of a person with um, significant, very significant disabilities. Uh, there's that lingering question: What is going to happen to my son or daughter when we're not able uh, any longer to uh, provide the care that we have provided throughout a lifetime? Uh, there is no single answer to that, as you know. Um, but this is one piece of the puzzle that is extremely important for families and uh, individuals or family members, uh, including parents and grandparents, uh, can place funds in the trust and decide exactly how they would like those funds to be used throughout the person's lifetime. You know what, Marcia, many of my listeners here who have been emailing or sending me uh, questions through Twitter, how large is Achieva? Uh, what areas or states do you cover? And this trust fund, would it be with all your boards? You know, would it be for people uh, throughout Western Pennsylvania and other states? How does that work? Yes. Now, each state uh, has their own enabling legislation for the pool trusts. But, yes, we work with individuals from uh, many other states, including, goodness, Texas, West Virginia, Maryland, uh, Delaware. So, so uh, the trust, depending upon how the state has set up its enabling legislation, uh, is, is available to uh, many individuals from many different states uh, throughout the country. And so if someone would be interested in this, would they go to the Achieva website to learn more? What would they do? Correct. They could just go to uh, www.achieva, A-C-H-I-E-V-A, dot info, I-N-F-O, and uh, they can click on uh, uh, and, and get information, a lot of information about the trust, including, um, for your listeners, uh, we do have... Um, through the family trust, a whole uh, individual and in, in, uh, family planning guide that takes individuals and families through those important matters that may never have been passed on to uh, another family member or uh, a case manager um, that, that could be very, very important to continuity for that individual uh, should something happen uh, to the current caregivers. And, you know, another question that I have, Marcia, you mentioned that you have multiple boards. Uh, could you explain why that is and where all does that cover? Sure. Uh, the, the, why it is, is is pretty simple. Obviously, with Achieve a Family Trust, you would never, we would never uh, commingle one cent of, of, of funding. That is such a distinctive uh, support for individuals. Um, that you you really should never do that in a single corporation. Uh, the other big reason is because we do get Medicaid funding, and again from um, Medicaid from the very beginning, from 1965, Medicaid is the payer of last resort. It always has been. What does that mean? That means that if someone were to let's say make a co- private contribution uh, to Achieva. And if Achieva were a single corporation that also was getting Medicaid funds, then the regulators at the state level uh, and at the federal level are to reduce, let's say it's a $100 contribution, then they are to reduce by $100 
the Medicaid payment to the organization. Uh, they would offset it because Medicaid is the payer of last resort. And so to protect donors uh, and others who might uh, contribute things to the organization, um, you, you have to keep your government-funded um, supports and services uh, into a single entity in order to protect uh, donors and others. And you have, again, how many boards? Uh, we have five boards. Wow. I know from when I was involved that you were expanding into many areas, but that makes perfect sense what you just explained. Uh, to our listeners, I just wanted to make sure that they understand. Now, you mentioned that you have um, employment for all these people with disabilities. Do you have a con- large contingency of people with disabilities or intellectual disabilities that work right at Achieva? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, we um, have always employed individuals with uh, uh, different, a lot of different types of disabilities. It, it's part of who we are. Uh, but yes, we also, of course, employ people with intellectual disabilities. And, and in terms of uh, not just uh, employment, um, while we are, again, a, a chapter of the Ark of the United States, uh, some of your listeners may know that the Ark of the United States is actually the eighth largest charity in the entire United States. Uh, that's based on operating wow. budget of all its 700 affiliates throughout the country. And, and so we're proud to be a part of that. But Achieva, many years ago, uh, through early intervention, for instance, uh, we, su- we provide supports to children with all different types of disabilities, uh, some even just low birth weight, um, little ones who are failing to thrive, and, of course, also in the family trust. Uh, we have beneficiaries with uh, uh, physical disabilities, sensory challenges, um, uh, mental health concerns, uh, individuals with intellectual disabilities, brain injury. So uh, uh, we, more broadly probably than a lot of chapters of the ARC, uh, provide supports to a lot of different kind of people with disabilities. Wow, yeah, that, and you have a beautiful building. Uh, Achieva is in a beautiful building. And by the way, I never knew ARC was that large. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what a lot of our listeners ask about before I get into bullying? About the R word and what are we doing nationally to eliminate the R word? So here's the question for you. Uh, Marsha, what are we doing to, to uh, get rid of the R word in the theater world, movies, uh, print media? What are we doing? Uh, well, uh, this is a matter of, of course, as you understand, um, broadly educating uh, the community at large. Uh, most states have now um, adopted uh, the term intellectual disabilities and have taken the R word out of all statute in the state. Um, and, and I think that that in particular was probably step number one because as uh, professionals and family members and individuals continue to use the word, uh, you, you almost had to, to purge the word um, from everything from uh, an individual support plan to uh, the many things that, that go on in a person's life. Um, broadly, I think you know that 
um, there was uh, there has been outrage um, when a couple of movies in the last couple of years have used the R word in this disparaging way, um, and you did have uh, in at least one case, you know, the producer got it back down and uh, issued an apology. Um, it, it is a word that is hurtful to individuals with intellectual disabilities and their families. It is used um, in bullying. Um, somehow in the lexicon, it just got wrapped into uh, negativity, which was greatly affecting uh, the self-pride that people with an intellectual disability uh, c- could feel. So uh, there's been a lot of educational effort um, throughout the country. Uh, editors of newspapers, you know, were notified. Uh, so this, uh, this has been a multi-multi-year effort. Uh, do I wish that we could purge the word um, from everybody's vocabulary? Uh, sure, but I think that's going to take... Uh, it's going to take some time, Joyce. Yes, I agree with you. And, and as we was, were leading to bullying for uh, children and adults uh, living with intellectual disabilities, but specifically in school, middle school, high school, is absolutely brutal. I mean terrible. Um, and, you know, do you see that also, Marsha? I do, and and um, we just had um, a couple of incidents um, uh, in in southwestern Pennsylvania. I mean, we had um, some five six months ago um, a, a young man, uh, sixteen years of age, uh, with um, he was on the spectrum, was by his teammates tied to a goalpost and was left there as they taunted him. Um, The only good news in this was that a policeman was nearby and heard this young man uh, screaming. Um, What do you do, Joyce, because I know you're so into this, as am I, what do you do to turn around the the minds and the hearts of these young people who um, choose to be cruel with each other? And I think that it's particularly prevalent, um, the cruelty, with people with disabilities. Yeah, I mean, I could go on countless stories about this on Facebook, on, oh, just everywhere, but I will give you a specific example. You know, as you said, there are examples right here, sadly, uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, but, you know, on, when I went to the Capitol... Oh, two years ago, I heard Lauren Potter, who of course is a star um, on Glee, who lives with Down Syndrome, tell how she was bullied. It was so hard for her to talk about this, she was crying, you know, as she was talking. And I'm thinking, here she is, a TV star, you know, done what most people will never be able to do, and yet those scars, they don't go away. They do not go away. And I just want to mention to all listeners and adults, don't use the R word. When you say that to a person with an intellectual disability, it is so painful and so hurtful. And I just want everyone to know that, you know, this bullying is serious. 
because I know of young people that have committed suicide as a result of this. And children with disabilities are bullied in school now more than any other group. So, you know, it's got to stop. It's hard, but we've got to do everything we can to try to stop this. Because it really is cruel. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The flip side of the coin, I am reading and seeing more, I'll call them acts of kindness from young people than I ever remember uh, being reported before. Uh, Just this week, you may have seen um, an article and and, uh, a video, uh, a basketball team, um, and and part of the cheering squad for the basketball team happened to be a a, um, young woman with, with Down syndrome, and someone from the opposing team began to uh, say things that were unkind uh, to this young woman as she was cheerleading, that entire young basketball team walked off the court. Wow. In support of her. And, you know, so I, I see this kind of thing, and I just wonder what... What does that particular basketball team and what does that coach and what have their parents instilled in them that would say to them, this is wrong, we're willing to forfeit a game by walking off the court in order to stand up for her? Wow. I don't know is the that key. not awesome? I don't know the key to what makes... Uh, some students um, understand that difference is nothing to be made fun of. And how do we instill that in in every student across the country? Uh, I I know, Joyce, you're going to figure this out. I know you're going to figure this out. Oh, that's a big challenge there, (laughs) Marsha. But I'm working on it. I'm working, you know, with so many people nationally, um, but I love that story. I love that story that you just told. Well, Marsha, we've talked a lot about so many things, but, you know, you are such an awesome individual that I always think with people like you, someone had to impact you. So my question is, who is, who is your role model? Wow. Well, you are one of my role models. You know that. Um, But in terms of mentoring, I've had so many mentors uh, throughout my career. I I would probably have to say uh, Jenny Thornburg. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many of your listeners uh, know Jenny, but I have known her since I was a very young professional. Uh, she is a, a former uh, chairperson of, of the board here at Achieva, uh, a former first lady uh, of Pennsylvania. She was the wife of Governor uh, Dick Thornburg and was first lady here for eight years. Uh, she worked for many years. Um, on uh, the National Organization uh, on Disability, um, and, and Jenny's 
area of, of great, great, of many areas of expertise, but um, is is uh, helping religious communities to open their doors and their arms to people with disabilities. And, and of course, more recently, uh, an organization um, with which Danny has, has worked, uh, you know pretty well, Joyce, uh, uh, that's the American Association for People with Disabilities, AAPD. Mm-hmm. Um, and, she, and she did so much for us there on interfaith work. Yes. Yeah, she did. You know what? Maybe you want to share with our listeners why. Why Governor Thornburg and Jenny have been so passionate about people with disabilities, and I know they talk about you frequently. Do you want to share that with our listeners? Why? Uh, Sure. Um, They have a a son uh, with disabilities, uh, Peter Thornburg, and... uh, Peter actually was uh, involved in an automobile accident at a very, very young age with uh, his two brothers and and his mother. And uh, Peter was very badly injured, and his biological mother uh, passed away in that automobile accident. Um, And Jenny Thornburg stepped in and uh, has helped to uh, uh, raise what are four very fine uh, sons of of, uh, uh, Dick and Jenny, but... Uh, they they have dedicated so much of their life um, on behalf of work with uh, people with disabilities. And, <clears throat> excuse me, many in your audience probably know that it was uh, Dick Thornburg who pro- provided a great deal of leadership um, on the Americans with Disabilities Act. And Dick at the time was the Attorney General of the United States, which meant that once the ADA was signed into law, it came to the Justice Department under Dick Thornburg to then develop the regulations, um, which, uh, of course, uh, ever so important, as well as the actual language and in, in, uh, the statutory language. Um, and, and I, again, as a young professional, um, Dick um, got me on a couple of the committees uh, for the United States Justice Department that were uh, uh, working with and providing uh, feedback on the regulations as they were being developed. Uh, just an extraordinary uh, couple. I, I feel, uh, Joyce, I'm going to guess that you, you will agree with me. Um, a, as a power couple, um, they're right up there with uh, Justin and Yoshika uh, Dart in, in terms of leadership uh, for all of us in the field of disabilities. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. As you said, Attorney General, when the ADA was signed 25 years ago and was testifying about CRPD, you know, the uh, Convention on Rights of Persons with Disabilities, right. trying to get it ratified, you know, he has never, ever stopped. Never. Um, I think so highly of him. I just love him and Jenny both. So much. They are just wonderful people. They as really a role, are role model. Uh, again, as a young professional, Jenny just sort of tucked me under her arm. <clears throat> and Joyce, I have to tell you that uh, uh, when she was first lady, I, I had had a particularly frustrating day in working uh, with uh, uh, some bureaucrats in Harrisburg, and I remember uh, calling Jenny and um, just saying, "What do I do? I'm so frustrated. You know, we can't get them uh, to move on on the important." work that we were doing on behalf of people with disabilities. And I'll never forget Jenny Thornburg saying to me, Marsha, you have to mix a little honey with that vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can just hear her saying that. Strongly. I can't. 
I can just hear her saying that. Yeah, that's her. That's Jenny. Well, Marcia, look, you've accomplished so much in your life. It's amazing all the things you have done. Uh, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Um, may I do two? Yes, you may. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I, I was sort of the front person. We had one state center uh, left in southwestern Pennsylvania a number of years ago. And it was a large facility where horrible things were happening to individuals. And, you know, I look back on it, I, uh, the strength that it took to amass the attorneys that were necessary to get the volunteers to make the visits to record what was going on. We even had a state policeman come in undercover as a direct support professional. Wow. To record what was going on on a day-to-day basis. And he at one point went to uh, the men's room to take his notes and uh, called his boss at the state police and said, look, I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm seeing things that I I just have to intervene. I can't continue to pretend. Anyhow, that was, it, it took years of negotiations and litigation, but we did. Uh, close that individual, and almost 500 people are leading good lives today in the community uh, as a result of uh, an advocacy effort that took nearly everything out of me. Uh, I was getting threatening calls at home. I mean, it was just very, very nasty, Joyce. Wow. But, um, we, we managed to get get those individuals out of there and into much, 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 much better uh, living circumstances here in the community. Wow. I think that is a great I... accomplishment. That is a oh. truly great accomplishment. Well, um, <clears throat> I think the other thing is just being a, a, my second thing that I'm so proud of is being a part of this team at Achieva uh, that is accomplishing uh, on a daily basis such wonderful things for individuals when the babies come in. Um, everybody in this organization lights up when they come in for their physical therapy, occupational therapy, uh, you know, speech and language therapy. It's, it's being a part of something that is so alive and doing such great stuff. Um, it's, I, I can't imagine having done anything, anything uh, more important with my professional career. And we've done it at a time together, Joyce, when we've seen all of this change in this short period of time, when you think about the option, just in the 1950s, when you had an infant with a disability, you were told you could take that baby home with no support to services. We didn't have any community supports, not even education. Or you could send that baby to an institution, where here in Pennsylvania, by the way, the rule was that when you took your child to live in a state center, an institution, you were not permitted to visit them for six months. Wow. You know what? Thank God how things have changed, huh? Thank uh, God. It's, thank and, God. And, well, Marcia, Marcia, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, always my pleasure to be with you. You're a champion. And we end every show with a quote from a great leader in the disability community now or in the past, 
and it has to be Secretary Tom Perez, who, as I mentioned earlier, said, Olmstead is just not where you live, it's how you live, said Secretary Perez. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.